And we're live. Hi, everyone. I'm speaking with Gabrielle Clark. Um, hey, <laughs> sorry, we just talked about this before. Hey, Gabs, how are you doing? I'm okay. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. Thanks. Well, thank you for coming on. Um, and I've got you on because you faced an issue at your son's school and now you've taken legal action against the school. So if you wouldn't mind telling people what had happened and how it started and, you know, how this whole thing came about. Well, first, thank you for having me. Um, I appreciate, I appreciate that. Um, well, first, um, my, my son and my daughter were going to democracy prep at the beginning of the school year. Um, and I started noticing some things that were a little suspect in my daughter's class, some things that I wasn't super excited about. And um, should I say a boot? Y'all say a boot, right? No, I won't say a boot. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> no worries. Um, yeah, I, there was so there were some things that I wasn't super excited about when I saw what was happening in her class. Um, there were a lot of social justice things happening. And um, so I started listening to more and more, making her turn the volume, you know, uh, take her because she was wearing headphones most of the time. I would make her take her headphones off so I could hear what was going on, the instruction. And it just became more and more concerning. And, and it was concerning in lots of different areas. It wasn't just, you know, the social justice stuff. It was lots of different areas. And I wanted to know how how serious it was. So I, so I started listening to all of her instructional classes. And then I heard something that was just, it was just too much. And I told her to leave that class. I found her a new school that day and um, she didn't go back. And so I went into my son who is a senior. Uh, my daughter, my daughter is in the seventh grade and my son who is a senior and I went to him and I asked him, what is going on in your classes? And I asked him, you know, have, have, has there been anything that you were concerned about or anything that you thought was, um, you know, um, distasteful in your classes and, or, you know, stuff like that. And he told me what was going on and I saw what was on the screen when I walked into his study area and I was shocked, you know, I was shocked at some of the things. And I, and, and then I told him, I said, let me see everything in this class. Let me see everything in this class. And when I saw all of the course material in the class up to that point, I could not believe what I was seeing. It was very shocking. The assignments, you know, everybody's seen that meme that has SpongeBob, reverse racism doesn't exist, mm. or reverse racism is a myth. I don't know what it, what it said. <laughs> and it was just, it was just really and truly unbelievable. Can I ask you a question? Like, because I'd like to get into what some of those things were specifically, if you can. But um, when you look at like the curriculum, so your, your kids come home first day of school, it's like, okay social studies, we're going to be learning about anti-racism. Like, was it kind of just vague like that? And then when you go into the actual stuff that it teaches, that's when you find out exactly what it was or were they kind of explicit? Like, uh, cause I'm, I'm just trying to wonder out. Cause right now, like 
parents are insanely busy. Like everyone's busy and, you know, parents are getting trouble because they're letting their kids go to the parks. I'm just wondering how much time the parents actually had to look at the curriculum. So if you just look at, uh, here's what we're doing this semester, right? You know, we're going to talk about anti-racism. We're going to talk about, you know, fighting homophobia, like just very general. And you have to actually look at the curriculum. Like, was it like that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was exactly like that. I mean, you know, who doesn't, who doesn't want to, um, you know, fight racism? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everybody does. Everybody wants to fight racism. Nobody wants to have racism in the world. You know, I mean, that no. seems like it's, it's very, it seems like a very benign thing, mm -hmm. you know, uh, an important thing that needs to be done. So of course, you know, but I mean, <laughs> I had had plenty of um, concerns prior to, okay. um, you know, everybody, everybody was horrified at what happened with George Floyd. Um, yeah. All of the, all of the other instances of video and, 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 you know, dash cams and mm -hmm. all of that. So it just, it just didn't compare to what was going on with George Floyd. And no matter what you think, if you, you know, how, how you believe, if you think he was, it was, you know, he died of a heart attack because he, you know, overdosed, whatever, whatever the situation, seeing him, you know, being held down like that, you know, with the knee on his, you know what I mean? With the knee yeah. on his neck, with the knee on his back, all of that stuff. It, it was, it was horrifying, right? Nobody should die like that. Oh. You know, even if he, even if it was inevitable that he was going to die, he should, it shouldn't have been that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I don't think, you know, I, I don't know anyone who disputes that at all. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> even if you, like, that's what I'm saying. Even if you believe that he was going to have a heart attack and die anyway, mm -hmm. it shouldn't have been with somebody's knee on his neck. You know what I mean? Or people holding him down and all that whole business. That, that was, that was unbelievable. But the the idea that you know that police officers just go around murdering people all willy nilly is also wrong. Yeah, I mean that you know that's just that's just wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so you know, I I had voiced some concerns about it to the school prior to. Um, prior to this, the, you know, the situation that, that, um, that ended up being the, you know, kind of straw that broke the camel's back. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, I was met with, um, I was met with kind of like a, a non-answer and, um, really just, just a brush off. So, you know, parents do need to go into their kids' classrooms and dig into that curriculum and look and see exactly what they're learning. Because I never would have believed that this was happening until I saw it with my own eyes. So can you give a couple of like examples of what you saw exactly? Or can you get into well, that? We have, we do have all of the, um, all everything in the, pleadings and we're working on we're working on a new website right now so it's not up right at the moment okay. every yeah we're working on all of that 
um, all of that right now. So it's kind of in transition, but you can see all of the, all of the um, slides and all of the curriculum that we had an issue with. And that it, it'll, it's all available. It'll be all available on our website um, very soon. All right. um, and I think Colin, I think Colin Wright on, on Twitter has, um, I think he's done stories on it uh, and several different stories on it. And you can, you know, see, you know, um, word for word. I think he even has like threads on thread app and all that kind of stuff where you can see that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've seen following Colin stuff on that. No, but it's cause I'm looking at, I've been following some of this stuff for a while and, you know, Okay, I'm not like some of the stuff that I've seen in New York City, and you know, going back to 2010, it was in some high schools. Uh, you know, starting around 2017, 2018, it started getting into K through 12. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I've seen the guy's no longer there, but I think I'm not sure if he went to Nevada or California. But the the guy was the chairman of like the chairman of the Department of Education for New York City. I mean, there's a meeting where he's telling teachers that you know when non-white kids come in late that might be a cultural thing so don't you know penalize them and stuff right. like that and i'm like okay i'm brown right know, if i, I if i can have a clock yeah exactly you know but if i came home with a note or something or if my school called my parents and said i was late or like you know or i missed class or my dad would like you know my dad would freak out like it's just and and i i mean i do get I do get some of the, you know, like I, I was saying before um, on, on when I think we were talking, I was talking to Carlin and, um, and uh, Jody. Mm -hmm. um, it starts out very innocent. I mean, just innocently enough, you know, with the, with the girl talking about how she, could go to the store and buy a Band-Aid and it, and it matches her skin color, but a person of color can't do that. And that is an example of, you know, of a privilege that she has, right? Okay, that's, that's okay. You, I, you get that. Just like with this, with that, you know, I, his, his, the sentiment was that if, if a, a kid in the, in the hood is is late for school he might have had to fight a bully on the way you know what yeah. i mean or or escape a gang on the way you know what i'm saying that kind yeah. of thing but but to kind of turn it into well we all on cp time no <laughs> you know <Yeah>. no <laughs> okay well, okay but uh, okay and i i get that as well right <laughs> you know if you're in india and you know or even like i'm in montreal and you know family friends or whatever yeah, we'll be there. To, but that, but that, this goes back just for everyone. Oh, we, we'll be there by seven. They show up at eight. You know, it's it's like um, in, in India, it's a little bit further. Like some guy's going to, you know, here will come by between uh, 8 a.m. and 12 to fix your cable. There they'll say they'll come by on Saturday in the morning to come by on Sunday in the evening. You know, it's, it's, but <laughs> if it's, if it's going to school, you know, getting on a flight, going to like, an, you know, a business meeting or, you know, things like that, like, that is like very punctual, very strict. And it's, there's all kinds of reasons. Like, you know, it could be traffic and I get that. So I understand case by case kid comes right. in late and, you know, they're worried, they're freaking out, whatever. Okay. If they, you know, 
they can kind of explain that to the teacher. The teacher can maybe see from how they're acting that it's not, exactly. you know, there's something extraneous, but if it's just someone waltzing in late, you know, yeah, every no, day. You don't yeah. Get a, yeah, yeah, you don't get a pass for that <laughs> just because your skin is brown. But yeah. see, it's just, it's like, it's this infantil, it's just infantilizing, you know, um, people of color. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's just like, that is completely asinine. Just like, you know, just like they say that, uh, I, I saw, uh, what, what's that guy's name from, uh, the Young Turks? What's that dude's name? Oh, uh, Cenk Uger or something Cenk, like that. Cenk Uger. Cenk yeah. Uger. I, or isn't that his name? Cenk Uger. Yeah. I heard him, I saw him tell Dominic Silk that, that sometimes black people can't afford ID. Yeah. Oh, and what you know, if you, I can't even, I don't even know how to respond to that. You know how yeah. many, you know how many times I've seen, you know how many black folks I've seen at, at the check cashing place, cashing checks with IDs. They may not have a bank account, but they have an ID to cash that check. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, I've never met a person, even homeless people have IDs. You know what I'm saying? There's, you know, there, there's all, I just, I mean, it was just unbelievable to me that, you know, somebody who is somebody who is supposed to be supposed to be liberal and on the side of, of people of color would actually say out loud to people of color that black folks can't afford IDs. What kind of foolishness is that? That is that is so horribly insulting. And this is the this is what this is the kind of mentality that comes from critical race theory and comes from these, you know, this woke nonsense is that, you know, is that we need we need all of these protections because we 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 can't do it ourselves. And that's just nonsense. Okay, I've seen this because I worked up in northern Canada. So like, I mean, like little remote communities, you had to take a plane to get there. There were no roads or anything. Now, you know, it's all Inuit. And I mean, I can list off all the horrible things that were done. Like, I'm not trying to excuse them or whatever, but it's everything's done for them. Everything's like you're all victims. You know, you, it's all, it's no one else's fault. Like, there's a, there's a huge alcohol problem up there. Right. And you can trace My back to why it happened. Yeah. yeah. So you can trace back to why that happened and you can acknowledge it. But instead of just saying, Oh, well, it's not your fault. At one point or other, it's like, okay, you know what? We're going to help you get dry or we're going to help you go manage it. But it's always about keeping them, telling them that they're victims and there's, yeah. and everything's done for them. And really, yeah. I mean, if we want to, if, if we seriously want to, um, if we seriously want to see the result of that kind of thing, then yeah, look at the Inuit, you know what I mean? Look at the Inuit and look at the, you know, the first peoples, you know, but I gotta, in this, in this I, gotta, land. I, I just got to say one thing about that though. Like there's a lot of problems up there that are not being addressed because of this. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, there are serious problems that need to be fixed. Right. But that's my biggest thing with this. Okay. Like I have two beefs with all this stuff. One, it's a direct attack on, enlightenment values civil liberties that kind of thing like it's it says it straight out it's opposition to them right two there you know there is problems with racism there is problem with police violence there is problems with you know name it there, there are problems that need to be fixed but when you inject this stuff in it you it end up it all 
Yeah, but yeah, you end up talking about whether or not you can use the word master bedroom. Right. <laughs> when there's actually important <laughs> shit to be talked about. Yeah, I said totem pole the other day, and I'm sure, you know, everybody was losing, you know, was losing it. Despite the fact that I'm part Choctaw, but whatever, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it, it just, it's like, it's like this, I mean, and that's why this doesn't work, right? Because, because my family, in my family, you know, in my immediate family, there's, there's clearly you know, white people and clearly black people in, in my home, in my, in, you know, underneath my household, in my household. Yeah. So how do you interact with one another with this binary thinking? Everything is black or white. And, yeah. when, and, and you, you know, and so it's just like my daughter, my daughter is more accomplished at 13 years old then all four of her brothers combined and she hasn't she hasn't even gotten to high school yet you know what i mean she just got number one in the you know the number one in uh at unlv for the inventors category in her science fair because of the cool. design she the design she created uh um you know for this thing she this thing she invented Right. So, so it's just, I mean, she's got a, a scholarship, to, you know, a scholarship, a 10 year scholarship to uh, the ballet conservatory. All of these things, I mean, you know, all of these things are, this is stuff her brother's gate, 90 second, 90, 98% just all of those things that her, that her brothers never got. But she's a black female in our household. So we're supposed to tell her what? That her white brothers are oppressing her and 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 it, and it's there's a no-win situation because she's doing well. The idea behind critical race theory is that she's doing well in spite of being held down. And she had, you know, she probably had to work 10 times as hard or they just gave it to her just for a token. I mean, all of all of these yeah. things are so wrong. It's just so ridiculous. Hello? Yes. Oh, did it yeah. freeze? Oh, but I mean, okay, it like, oh, okay, I froze for a second. Not, yeah. It, it, but okay, there was a there was a conference in Toronto in uh, 2020, and it was in the summer, and it said brown complicity in white supremacy. And it was with like two people from South Asia and one person from the Middle East. And basically it was saying along the lines of brown people aren't as oppressed as black people. So a white person can hire a brown person, say, see, we're not racist, but not hire black people. And then because brown people are allowing the white people to get away with their racism, they're complicit in white supremacy. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm like, so... Let's see, my father moved here. You know, my family moved here when I was six. My dad worked hard, started a business. You know, we got, we were well taken care of and everything. And I went to school. I got a job. So you're saying like, I'm part of white supremacy now? Like, you know, where does it stop? And yeah, like the, the attacks on the Asians right now, you're telling people that Asians are white or white adjacent. Right. And I, you all had of a sudden talk it's, with Dr. it's okay. Yesterday, yeah. 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 Oh, that's that's crazy. Yeah. It's insanity. I mean, and you know, like in no left turn in education, that's that's you know, I'm the Nevada chapter head for no left yeah. turn in education. 
And, you know, uh, I just, I just uh, did a presentation in front of um, our, our um, California chapter, which has, a, you know, has, it, it's run, it's run by two Asian women, that chapter. And it, you know, there's a lot, there's a heavy Asian community there, right? There is also, there is also here, but not like, like it is in, in, you know, like the San Francisco area. So, you know, when I listen to some of the, some of the um, messages and things like that, that we get, um, it's, it's mortifying. You know what I mean? It's horrifying. Asra Nomani, she is, you know, when I, when I, you know, have talked with her about some of the things that's happening at her kids' high school, it's just, it's, it's insane. You know, I spoke with Vivek Ramaswamy and he, you know, same thing. It's just like, you know, it, and it's, and it's happening to, you know, the Asian community as a whole. It doesn't even matter what part of Asia you come from or any of that stuff. So, you know, the idea that, that this is only happening to to rich Asians is ludicrous. It's happening to all Asians that they're being treated like like they're somehow at a, have a have an advantage over everyone else all because they, you know, as a community do well. You know. But just in that okay, that again, this is where this stuff goes wrong. That the schools, and I mean, you can look at the statistics. It's not hard to find them. Mm-hmm. It's whatever, like 20% of kids are getting to grade level in math. Like, I think by the time people ha- ha- graduate, it's like s- some people can't even do like grade eight level math. All right. Now, so, okay, let's get rid of the, let's get rid of the, the grading. Let's get rid of the stats, get rid of the SAT tests. I'm like, okay, so your solution is to like hide everything underneath the rug. I mean, right. it didn't, that didn't work when I was a kid. Cause my mom always found it. And I had to right. do it again. <laughs> <laughs> that is not going to make us competitive in the world. And it's really, and it's, and it's what, what is even sadder about it is, is that it's going to squelch innovation and, and, um, and, um, progress later. You know, these kids, they're going to grow up. They're not going to know how to do all of the, all of the things that we, you know, that we, that we learned and Mm -hmm. then, and then build on that. So where is the Elon Musk's of the future going to come from? If we're constantly, you know, if we're constantly dumbing down the curriculum and, and getting rid of the, getting rid of ways to, um, to gauge uh, intelligence or or aptitude, right? Yeah. Okay, but there there's a another thing with this. Um, I'd spoken to this gentleman Ian Rowe, and okay. recently he put out this article. I don't know if he put it out, but he shared this article about these schools called the Rosenwald schools, right? And it was Booker T. Washington mm-hmm. that got you know this gentleman to finance him, and he said, "Fine, you want to segregate us? We'll have our own education. We'll have our own excellence." Mm-hmm. And it wasn't this stuff of, okay, okay, we're going to get rid of grading. Like, no, they were rigorous schools and they mm-hmm. were getting some of the best marks in the country. Right. And, and here's where I agree with someone like Derek Bell. Like, I don't really like Derek Bell. And I don't you know, I don't like critical race theory. But at the underlying of it, there is some 
valid points, but then they just go off the rails. Like that's you right. know, like, right. but I mean, you know, Bell said like they shouldn't have, they shouldn't have desegregated schools. They should have desegregated education. And that makes sense. Like don't bus a kid for an hour, fix the right. goddamn school he's in. Right. Like right. that. Makes, yeah. So, but what happened back then too, like this was a shame of all this stuff is like, it comes in with good attentions. You can't segregate schools, but these Rosenwald schools were black schools. So because of, you know, like the the Equal Rights Act or whatever, like when they had to desegregate schools, they got shut down because they were black only schools. Instead of saying we'll integrate the schools, which would have been a better idea because they were good schools. So there have been a lot of mistakes done, and you know, let's let's acknowledge that, but let's not just keep making mistakes because we made some in the past. Right, and they're trying <laughs> to throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, okay, let's keep the good stuff, though. Yeah. <laughs> let's keep the good stuff. But the whole idea behind critical race theory is to break the system as it is. Mm. You know, it's to break the system as it is. So, you know, it it you can't keep the good parts because it because the, you know, and you've heard that ridiculous that ridiculous quote. You mm. can't dismantle the master's house with the master's. Oh tools. God. You can dismantle a house with a with a pencil if you really want to you know what i mean so i think that all of this a lot of this stuff is just you know it's just really um it's just really asinine you know what i mean you can you can i mean we have a system we have a system that is you know that has built civilizations to what they are now and you know, we are, it is evolving. It's constantly evolving as, as the world evolves, as people evolve. And so, you know, we, you, you evolve with it and you, and you make new, you make new um, discoveries and you, and you learn new things and you try new things. You don't just throw out the entire system because, you know, because uh, there are some, you know, discrepancies or even if there's a major issue, you fix it. You know what I mean? We, you know, when, when, when uh, my grandparents were young, you know, when my grandparents were young, there was still, you know, there was still segregation. There was still, you know, there were still real issues, but they worked within it to change it. You know, they worked within it to change it. And I still believe that we can do that, you know? Can I ask you about, uh, like you mentioned, no left turn education mm -hmm. now, because I know there's, there's organizations kind of going nationally, like fair and defend, you know, uh, parents defending education. You mentioned us for no money. Like that's her thing, but what you're doing, that sounds like more like very, very localized grassroots stuff for parents locally. So if you can talk a bit about like how you got involved in that and how maybe other parents can get involved, like if they're worried, they don't know who to turn to, like where they can maybe go to get some help or how they can, you know. Right. Like that. Right. Um, well, <laughs> I got involved with no left turn in education when when I saw what was going on in my kid's school and I wasn't getting a remedy from the school or from the chain of command, um, you know, what to re to report um, problems to when I wasn't getting any relief. I said, there's only one thing that I can do. I have to I have to. I have to fight this out in the public and I have to, you know, find a lawyer and, and file a lawsuit. This, that's the only way that I'm going to get any relief for my son. And, um, I saw 
Dr. Fishbein, Dr. Alana Fishbein, let me tell you something. She is 411 of pure power, that lady. <laughs> she is <laughs> she is something else. She is a force of nature, that one. And I saw her on Tucker Carlson and I was like, I need her. I need her. I need that one. I need that lady. Because she was saying all of the things that I was thinking and, and you know, having similar issues with her own children. And um and and I need you know, I wanted to talk with her. And um I was I was having a hard time. I I was sending out all kinds of emails and uh, DMs and everything to everybody that I could. Um, Dr. Carlin Borisenko responded and she created um, a video of the slides and all of the stuff that I mm -hmm. sent her. And I sent it to Dr. Fishbein. And she got back to me immediately when she saw. Now, it is a, it is very much like that. For, for anyone who needs help. If you need help, you can you can go on Facebook and you can reach out to you can either reach out to a, a, a chapter if you if there's a chapter in your state because there's a there's a main um, Facebook page and then there are chapters for the states that we that we have established in. I think it's 26 now. I think that's the latest count. And and you can go to one of those um, pages and, and message um, the the uh, the chapter head, and they'll get back to you, and and you can get help that way. If you need legal help, if you if you are just scared of what's happening, if you want to learn how to um, uh, run for school board, if you just want a, a FOIA letter. If, you know, to, to the Freedom of Information Act letter. You can do all of those things. You can get all of that help at No Left Turn in Education. This is noleftturn.us is the website. And they're on Facebook, Facebook, you know, the main page on Facebook and state chapters for the individual states that we're, where we have established chapters. And, you know, okay. seriously, these... These these people are very. There's a very diverse. I mean, we have people on the left, people on the right, people in the center. It's every race, every religion, even atheists and and agnostics. There's not. I mean, it is truly what America is supposed to be like. This this and they have just received their 501c3 status. So. You know, it's 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 nonprofit. You can donate. You can donate there um, and get get a tax write off. I mean, we're we're making some serious moves. We're making some serious um, strides to make sure that um, indoctrination it stops in our schools and K through twelve schools. But you know, like when you just mentioned that, you know, it's it's not left. It's not right. You know, it's it's everyone together there. Because I mean, this just goes to show you that this is such a small group of people that are pushing this, and it's you know, it, it's like finally you know someone got up and said the emperor's got no clothes because you know <laughs> like, this stuff is I mean it's just so wrong and it's just you know yeah. I, I'm glad more and more people are speaking up but you know the, the 
like I don't get how I mean just reading some of the stuff there was this, a couple of schools in New York City uh, one of them was the Fieldstone Academy and they took kids starting in the third grade 45 minutes a week they split them up by race they sent letters home to the parents and asked them how do you want your kids defined as what race so even like biracial kids and everything yeah, yeah, yeah. and for 45 minutes a week they took the kids apart and they told the white kids that they were the oppressor and they oppressed everyone and how evil they were. And they told all the other kids. So like, you know, the black kids, like, this is how you were oppressed. This is how you were treated badly. And these are the great things that people of your color did. And they did the same thing for like, you know, the Latinos and you know Asians and all that. And within a matter of like a few months, the kids started turning racist and the white kids started like spouting off close to white supremacist stuff. And it's like, and I'm just, I keep scratching my head. I'm like, you are getting kids to focus on race. That's how you're raising them. And I, you know, I keep harping about this. I, I go back to like the gangs in the late eighties. Mm-hmm. And when you hear about, you know, when you listen to the cops, when you listen to the FBI, it's like gangs went after the kids that were loners. Gangs went after the kids that were, mm-hmm. you know, like had nothing to do, had no hope. You're raising a goddamn generation. That's got no hope. Yep. You know, uh, what you're, are you turning, you're turning people who were perfect. I mean, who were, who were perfectly normal into just disenfranchised and marginalized <laughs> you know what i mean it's just it's like but you know i i mean and i i really do try to live in the light and and try to keep my focus on how to to overcome this and how to move forward through this and trying to you know touch hearts and minds because I really do feel like all of those people who have been um, who have been made to believe that this that this is the way forward, um, a lot of them really can be reasoned with and rationalized with. If you know, I mean, the proponents of of this stuff in the in the people who have you know <laughs> been making money off of this and who have been um, benefiting from this well yeah of course they're not gonna be you know part of that you know what i mean but but the but the rest of everybody the people the people you can you can talk to the people and you can rationalize with a person and you can and you can um show them how this this is wrong it's a cult and and people can be um awakened out of this wokeness you know what uh, but I'm i mean saying? like that yeah that's but this is what i mean like this you know i'm not talking about the ibram kendis you know and those people i'm talking yeah like like right. the average parent and right. again like going back to what i said earlier like if parents don't have the time so they think they're doing good and then you know they keep hearing oh that's a right-wing talking point that's a right-wing talking point and it's just like you're demonized like stop demonizing that one side of the country anyways and you know right. just instead of just saying it's right-wing listen to what they have to say but that's like that's what I mean. Like this stuff is, it's playing on people's emotions. Like, yeah, I want to be anti-racist. I want to fight racism. You know, right? You know, I, I yeah. I, let let you know whatever. I'm against homophobia. I'm against you know. I'm against misogyny. Like you know, let's let's treat everyone equally, and and that's what you and th- so they're playing on that, and it's yeah. If you talk to people and you and you just kind of explain them, like like friends. You know, I'm I'm 51, so my friends around my age. You're 51. Wow, you look great. Yeah. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> I but, thought you were in your 30s. Okay. No, 51. <laughs> uh, some of my friends, 
right right after the George Floyd thing. They started talking about white privilege and white fragility and stuff. And like they're my age, and I'm like, you didn't learn this in school. Yeah. Like I I, I know you guys, and and so so I just just read the book. I or I, I sent them like for white fragility. I sent a couple of them the chapter on white women's tears or the section on white women's tears. Yeah. And I I I don't, I don't know if you've read it. Oh, um, I. Yeah, 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 yeah. Trust me, I know, man. I, I know it's, it's awful, but yeah. So as soon as they read that, they're like, "This is garbage," and that was it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm like, so you don't have to do that much convincing. Just let them read the stuff for itself, right? And, it, and it's like, once you show people what it says, like, you know, there are even some proponents of this stuff on Twitter who, when they saw that stuff with math, like, you know, don't. Don't grade the kids when they show their work. Grade them on how much they want to learn. And there are even like some strong proponents of this stuff. It's like, no, that's not what this is supposed to mean. Blah 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 blah. Right. And like, I was th- I was thinking in my head to like, you know, because I come from a Muslim background and I speak out against Islam. And you know, like I stopped believing in that long time ago, and I speak out against it. And it reminded me of like some of the people who would say, "Oh, there's nothing wrong with Islam, this and that." They would call out ISIS, or they would call out the Taliban. But they wouldn't, you know, no, no, the, everything else is perfect. That's not really it, right? And that's what these people right. are doing. I'm like, it's the same thing. Like, right. you know, look it, at- It breeds that. You, yeah. I mean, if you, you can't, you can't say, you can't say that. I mean, and I, I, I'm not saying this about anybody's religion. It, Whatever religion you want to believe in, mm-hmm. you know, that's, you know, that's your business. I don't, you know, and I don't have anything against any religion. I'm, you know, but, but at some point you have to distinguish the difference between a belief, right. And tyranny and, and, and where it starts to turn into, um, where it starts to turn into that cult like, um, behavior and that sect like behavior and that hive minded behavior and 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 it and it has no real rules other than what we say right now is the rule you know what i mean that's when everything just kind of goes out the window and you have to say okay this is wrong and and justifying violence and justifying um dehumanizing people and you know what i mean that's never okay I don't care what religion, I don't care what, you know, nationality, I don't care what your group is. There's there, you know, we live in it's, you know, we live in, you know, the new millennium. It this is this is not, you know, we and we live in America. We live in, you know, we live in free in free in free countries. This is not where it's okay for whole groups of people to be racist to another group of people so that we can fight racism. Nah, that's no, not, it's, <laughs> that's, it's, not it's, how it's, that's not how it goes. That's no. not how it's going to work. No, but I mean, and that's just it. Like this stuff, again, it's, it's new and it's, I always look at it, you know, because as soon as I started seeing it, I'm like, this stuff's a cult. This stuff's a religion. It acted <laughs> just like a religion. And I'm like, you know what? I'd rather stop the new converts then go after the people who've already converted because mm-hmm. the people who've already converted, they're going to be harder. Right. But I'm like, let's stop the new converts because there's it's a lot more of them. Yeah. And I, but I think that if we all, yeah. if we all just kind of, you know, you know, each one teach one yep, and reach out and try to 
you know, try to reason and try to ration, uh, rationalize with, with, um, some of the, some of the newbies or some of the people who are just kind of, because I can tell you seriously, there was a time where, where I was, you know, I was, you know, following some of that, you know, trends. And I, cause I would say to myself, well, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not really being open-minded enough. You know what I mean? And I would start and I would kind of be like, okay, I can understand that. I can see this. I can see that. But then when it gets to a place where, where it's no longer a theoretical thing and some of these things are being put into practice and they're being put in put into practice and turned into someone's nightmare. You know what I mean? You know, socialism is a great theory in theory, but in practice, it makes a mess. Communism, great in theory. Everybody gets to have a good life in that theory. But in practice, that's not how it ends up working out. You know what I mean? I would love I see a model and I'm like, oh, that outfit looks cute. She's a size two. I buy that same outfit and put it on. And my hips be like, nah, sis. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know? <laughs> okay, but like I was saying about this stuff in education, right? Like you had mm -hmm. no child left behind. Mm -hmm. And when I started seeing like what some of this curriculum was, I'm like, this is every child left behind. Right. You know, right. like you're not, you're not bringing anyone for Like it's, yeah, you're all equal now because you all suck. <laughs> you know, like, there's there's so many things wrong with the education system and you know i could guarantee you um that racism and and that sort of thing doesn't even come close to the top of the list on that you know as far as education goes i mean you know i i'm me and my me and my, my kids and I we have had our struggles and I can tell you that at no time at no time did you know my black kids not perform as well as my white kids um ever and and there was no you know I mean we're looking at a real live a live um, experiment of these theories happening in my house and they do not add up Right. So if it doesn't work in, in place in, in, in families like mine, where the family, you know, there are some visibly white kids and some visibly black kids, male and female, different ages, and they're all being raised in the same household and have the same struggles and the same issues, then and, and they're and they don't, you know, and there's not a a, a a vastly different um, outcome for 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 all of them, then you have to say to yourself, okay, then maybe this is not the right. This is not the right formula. This is not the right theory. This is not the theory that you know makes most sense. Because I'm the I'm the exception that proves the rule. You know what I mean? You you can be white. You can be black. Have the same struggles and still succeed if you want to, you know? And yeah, there's always sometimes where circumstances, you know, it, it, it is tough. But by and large, by and large, if you live in a free country and you work hard and you have determination 
and you know you have a little bit of luck you know you don't you don't you know break your back or something like that then you're probably going to be successful and if you aren't successful you're never so unsuccessful that you can't come back you know mike lindell drug addict all of that stuff look at him now you know what i mean i'm just curious are you also trying to look at uh, stuff like school choice or are you School choice is um, school choice is a big deal in this situation because we've had, you know, I mean, and I feel like this is part and parcel of how we got to this place because so many, so many, uh, so many people who know better than us, you know, have told us that school choice hurts the black community. Well, no, it doesn't. You know, the majority of of the the uh, black people and black and brown people, minorities who go to uh, charter schools excel. You know, yeah. that's that's you know, yeah, that's, it's not all perfect, but a lot of the times it's a much better system than what they were going to. No, but if you give them the choice, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, okay, it's not the best example, but my mom, because like I said I moved here when I was six. My mom put me into from kindergarten to grade six i went to eight different schools mm. you know she oh this school i heard this school is really good we're gonna put you there i heard that's okay but she had the choice to do it right and there were good schools and once i got to the sixth grade i went into one school that i went with those kids all the way up through to college right, right. so like that there i got like one kind of like a stability type of thing but before that my mom's like nope this school is better that school's better and that's the choice that you should have and so if Schools are, you know, one school is doing better than the other. Parents could say, okay, this school needs to leave. And then at that point, the government or some agency could come and say, okay, what does this school need to fix it? Right. Right. Okay. You can yes. look at it that way. Um, but, you know, I understand like having a, a, a level or something, but it's, it's, it's just this weird stuff of not having a choice. And I don't understand how school choice is not part and parcel of like, you know, the Equal Rights Act or civil rights, right. you know, or the you know, like the whole point of desegregation was kids could go to schools and they yes. go, you know, you know, and like so, you know, that it seems basic. I mean, and one last about that, like I don't know if you read Thomas Sowell's book, Charter Schools and Their Enemies, his latest one. I haven't read that one now. Okay, um, it's 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 specifically about this, and he talks about charter schools in the Bronx, right? So in the in the same building, you got a public district school and you got a charter school, right? That the, is, that's hap that happens a lot, actually. And I've the, been to them in Harlem. Yeah. And they're the same kids, same neighborhood, same families. Mm -hmm. And the ones that go to charter schools are like getting the are best grades in the better. country. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's like, okay, can you at least look at that and say, maybe just copy what they're doing? Keep it a right. public school, but just copy what they're doing. Right. Yeah. But see, this is the this is the problem. It's like, it's like, you know, it's like trying to fit everybody in in each grade level with the same pair of shoes with the same size the same color the same you know what i mean and and in charter schools you know they don't do that you know it's it, they 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 try to gear the um gear the um curriculum to best work with each individual student and you know i would even go so far because my daughter is now in a micro school environment so, you know, they're, 
their goal is to stay small so that the uh, the student teacher ratio is small so that every single student gets the proper attention that they need, right? Well, before that, my daughter was in the charter school and and the charter school did not know that my daughter has the mind of an inventor. They didn't know that. So when she moved to the micro schooling environment, the 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 science teacher recognized that she was different than the other kids. Now my daughter takes two science classes simultaneously. She's the only student in the school that does that. But you, you, when you get into these smaller environments and when you get into um, some of the more experimental or even, mm-hmm. or even um, um, some, some of the, the models that have kind of gotten back to the basics of the way education used to be, mm-hmm. then they can focus on the individual student. And I'm excited because states are now starting to pass bills that the money follows the student, not the system, yeah. which I okay. think is wonderful. But I mean, another thing about this is like, it is all about choice. Cause there, you know, I'm not saying that the remote thing was good, but for some kids, cause you know, like it should be up to the parent. Cause I'm like, you know, there are some kids where the remote thing was actually helping them. Right. For whatever reason they could focus. So, you know, if you're a parent and you've got, three kids and one's doing really well remotely one's right. doing well in a public district school and one's doing well in a charter school yeah okay it's a little bit more work for you to you know get your kids around or whatever but if the parent has a choice of deciding what's best for their children and what works best you know like you're the parent you know you know like most parents know what's going on with your kids and like they look at the report cards and whatever so you know like i think that should be like the the biggest thing the parent should have that choice to you know, what is working best for my kids? And I, I mean, another thing, I, again, like, you know, when I was graduating high school, when I was in high school, uh, you had choices of going into, and they even, it's not like they said, oh, you're too dumb to go into that. Like, but you could go into, instead of getting a, a bachelor's and a master's and all that in chemistry, you could take a, a three-year chemical engineering course and you get like a really quick job. Right. And it was kind of, it's kind of like getting certified My in chemical engineering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're all tech, or you could do, you know, like, like going into trades wasn't, it was, that was right around the time when it was like, oh, trades are bad. College is good. Mm-hmm. But you still had people going to trades. And I'm like, you know, mechanic, carpentry, right. like, I mean, like these are good positions They're I mean, you make, you make decent money. I'm not right. saying they're not, they're not easy. I'm not saying they're easy. Like it's hard work or whatever, but. Oh, I know. Yeah. I just finished some drywall. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> Like, I was like, oh, I cannot wait until... My dad was a contractor, right? So, you know, I grew up learning how to do all of that stuff. And I'm getting ready to lay some floor here in a couple of days. So, you know, yes, but I... One of the things that I was very passionate about with my own children was that, you know... I, I, I still believe in some of the Judeo-Christian values. And one of those things was to teach my kids a trade, like teach them something so that if they can't do anything else, they can do this. If college doesn't work out or if they find themselves mm-hmm. on hard times, they can do this thing. And so, you know, and, and that used to be something that was admirable. And since when is having a job 
since when is having a job doing doing something that nobody else wants to do or something that's back backbreaking work mm. or hard labor since when does that make you lesser a person i you know i'm sorry but mm. you know what i love i i i love um i love uh one of my one of my friends i i love him to death but if he had to fix anything himself it would just stay broken he wouldn't be able oh, yeah. to do anything for himself. And he always says, I have to go hire a real man to do the job that, you know, I can't yeah. do. That's what he always says. I had to hire a real man. Sometimes I would go over and plunge his toilet because, my God, he didn't know how to do it. Yeah, you know but that's I'm just saying? it. It's, it's, but, like, also, key, like, carpentry or, mechan or, you know, like I say, being a mechanic or, like, you know, you're saying, like, you know, drywall. Okay. You need to know how to do basic math to be a carpenter. You know, so like, you know, you can, you can sh teach the skills and apply them to, to these things. You can, you know, right. you're working on a mechanic. You got to know, you're, you got to know the timing. You got to know like whether it's off or on or whether it's, you know, like, like the degrees. And all. I mean, like there's things that you need to learn. So it's not like, oh, I'm going to college and you're not, but you know, you can incorporate certain things. And, you know, if someone wants, they're, they're taking a trade. If they want to take an English class and read English literature, like, who cares? Do it. I mean, that's right. your interest. You know, like I work in IT, but you know, I like camping and whatever. Those are my interests. Those are the things I do. But like, let's say, you know, I was into woodworking or something like that. Like that'd be my hobby. Well, whereas, uh, you know, I'm a cabinet maker, but I like reading old literature. Like it's the same thing. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can have, you can be, uh, I think it was Mike, Mike Rowe on one of Mike Rowe's, yeah. one of yeah. the episodes of Mike Rowe's Dirtiest Job. He was talking to some guy like in a mine or in some yeah. shaft where it was just horribly dirty. And they were talking about, I think it was Dante's Inferno talking about, uh, you know, the, the, the dog, the, you know, and, and Mike Rowe was like, how do you know that stuff? Well, just because, you know, just because you're a dirt ball or just because, you know, you're some gearhead or some grease monkey or whatever doesn't mean that you can't still be smart. Yeah, that's, exactly. You know, there's that's not a you know you can still you can still be smart. I don't have a I don't have any kind of degree, but yeah, I exactly. feel smart. No, that's what I mean. Okay, no, but it, again, it's that condescension. Mm -hmm. You know, like you know, like okay, I've got a degree in political science, mm -hmm. and you know, frankly, an arts degree is not really worth much. Like, <laughs> right. you no, know, but but they're they're not. It's like, especially these days, right? Like right. you can go online and you can get the same degree. And luckily in Canada, it's nowhere near as expensive as the States. Like I pay like 1500 bucks a year for my education, for my university education. Wow. So, okay. So yeah, I'm not going to complain. All right. right. But so I know it's not like, but if you're paying $50,000 a year and going to Harvard for a political science degree, like, you know what? You're not that smart. The guy yeah. who went to like trade that school. like a dumb thing to do, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, like that for any kind like of a any, dumb thing to do, mm -hmm. but you, you can learn that there's places online where you can learn that for dirt cheap right. and get, get just as good. I mean, the other thing you get with Harvard, the thing you get with Yale is the connections. Right. And I look at what they're teaching there and it's like, I don't want those people to have the connections because I don't want those people like running things afterwards. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Them smart ass dummies. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, <laughs> no, but I mean like, you know, I guess I, I, okay, I'm not a parent, right? Like, I got nieces and nephews. I look at this, it's like, you know, when I'm an old fart, 
I want my doctors to be doctors. I don't want to worry about my doctor worrying about not being able to see me because they're not brown. Oh. Like, I don't like, like, like that kind right. of shit. But we like, all a, red on the inside. Baby. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, 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 but like as a mother, like when you read some of this stuff, it's like, you know, like you're already mentioning your daughter and stuff, but it's like, I mean, that would infuriate me as a parent. Like you're telling me that because my child is a different color, that they're not as good and they need that special treatment. Right. And I mean, you know, you can acknowledge like, you know, uh, like I had a hard time and I still, like, I, I, I still write like, you know, my, my hands are claw or something like I have horrible handwriting, but I needed a lot of work on that. All right. You know, like my work and everything was good. I got good marks, but my, but like, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying that that kid needs help with this or that, you know, like, right. and parents should know that. And, right. You know, and, and like you said, like maybe in a smaller classroom, a teacher can recognize, you know what, you know, someone so was having a little bit of trouble reading. Let's, you know, but, right. but just be, you know, like based on the color of their skin, like your, your kids lesser than someone else. Like that must just like, that would just piss me off. Right. It's, it is infuriating. It is infuriating. But, and, you know, I mean, having, having this sort of, I mean, having this crazy thing happen to my son was, was awful. And he, he, you know, I mean, it, it is hard to wrap your mind around, really. I mean, mm. it, it really is. I mean, and thank, Seriously, thank, thank the hula hoop and Jesus for counterweight, okay? Because, <laughs> I mean, Helen, <laughs> you know, she hooked me up. She didn't have to, but she did. And so, you know, Jen and, and Carrie and Helen, you know, have been, they have been a real lifesaver because this does mess you up. It does mess up your mind. It is infuriating. It is it is, um, it's dehumanizing and it, 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 it is paralyzing. It was paralyzing for me as a mother to see this going on with one of my children directly. And then the impact that it was going, you know, that it was going, that it is having on my other children, children and the potential for the harm that it will do to all of them, you know, at some point later on, if, if this were to continue. So, you know, and it is a lot, it's a lot to process and it's a lot to deal with. And I think that that's why people like me and Elena Fishbein and all of, you know, the parents at No Left Turn in Education, um, you know, all of, all of us are saying no, we're saying no to this because because as parents, it is our duty to make sure that our children develop in every way, psychologically, emotionally, mentally, physically, you know, uh, professionally, all of those things to, to make sure that we instill all of these values, just like I, just like I told Dr. Wu. It is our job to instill these values in our children. And to have someone come and say, no, you need to unlearn that. That's white supremacy. Don't let them do that nonsense. You, you have to fight back and you have to hedge against it. And don't be afraid. It, you know, if you, if, you, if you are afraid for a minute, you, you, 
you let yourself be afraid for a few minutes and then you pull yourself together for your children and make them the priority and make this make this like Dr. Fishbein says you always say you would jump in front of a bullet for your kid this is the bullet this is the bullet well, you know what? I think that's a really good place to wrap this up because that was like you know, awesome. And I mean, I got to thank you because, like, like I said, you know, the, the first person to stand up to the emperor's got no clothes. You were like pretty much like one of those first people to stand up. And you know, like, what you're doing is amazing. Thank you very much. If you want to let people know where they can get a hold of you, where they can get a, get a hold again of uh, No Left Turn, like I've got the link in the, the description, but I'll put all the stuff in again. Right. There's it's no left turn.us. And um, on Facebook, No Left Turn in Education, uh, that's the national chapter, and they also have state chapters. And if they do not have a chapter in your state, then get with Dr. Fishbein, send her a message, send her an email, and get one in your state. Help us fight. If you're a lawyer, help us fight. If you are a web designer, help us fight. Any any little thing that you can possibly do, if all you can do is donate money, hey, tax deductible, let's do it. You know, everything you can do, join this fight and help us fight. All right. Well, again, thanks a lot. And, you know, what you're doing is great. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you so much for having me.